Well, welcome everybody. I was asked to do a forum on commit and convert. First of all, my name is Mike Nechikov. I am married to my lovely bride of 33 years, Svetlana Nechikov. And I have four children. Thank you. Okay. So I am, I have three older children. They're married. I've got three little grandbabies. And I have a 17-year-old son. Oh, thanks. So now I'm going to go around the room. I'm going to ask everybody to give me a little bit of history of their lives. But no, I'm kidding. So don't sweat. All right. But I'm going to ask if you can show in your hand, show, raise your hand. Who's a first-time camper? Who's here for the first time? Oh, there's quite a few. Well, great. Welcome. I hope you're enjoying it, and I hope you're not as nervous as I am. So, first of all, let's just open up with a quick prayer. Loving Father, we're so thankful that you are with us. You've promised to be here in this room right now. You promised to give me the words to speak. You've promised to give each one that is here an attentive heart and an ear to hear what you want to say. And we thank you for that. And we give you all praise, honor, and glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. So when somebody tells you, what does it mean to commit? What comes to your mind? You guys don't talk? Commit. What does that mean? Marriage. Sacrifice. Anything else? Your full attention. Yeah? That's good. Um, Can you repeat that? Dedicate time to. Right. So let's take a look and see what... The dictionary is here. Dictionary says commit is a verb. It's literally to send to or upon, to throw, put, or lay up hence. To give in trust, to put into a hands of power of another, to entrust with. Our key passage is Psalm 37. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. So when I was a young youngster, I was 15 years old, and the Lord asked me, to commit my life to him. I've been walking with the Lord. I'm 50, 56. I've been walking with the Lord for 14, or 40 years. That's a long commitment. So when somebody asks you to commit, and they're asking you to commit themselves to you, what are they going to give you in return? How about at school? You're asked to participate in a, a club, and you're asked to run the club. What do you get in return? Responsibilities, yes. Leadership skills, right. Anything else that you would get? You would get experience, right? Commitment is something that God asks of us. He asks us to put our trust in him. Now we'll talk about convert. What does convert mean? To change or turn into another substance or form as to convert a gas into water or water into ice. To change from one state to another as to convert a a barren waste into a fruit field, to convert the wilderness into a garden, to convert rude savage into a civilized man. Number three, to change or turn from from one religion to another 
or from one party to a selected another. So we see convert means we're going to change our lives. So first we have to commit, and then we have to convert. Is that how the process goes? What do you think? Can you do them in reverse? What came first? The chicken or the egg? The chicken. Why do you say that? Because the chicken's coming from the egg? <laughs> That's okay. God created the chicken. Yes. Remember in creation that God created everything. So, so there is a formula, there is a structure in place of how we commit our lives, and through that commitment, it automatically transforms and converts us. So now let's see what Jesus said about commitment. In Mark 1, 14 and 15, now after that John was put in prison, as you remember that John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus, he's put in prison for speaking against the leaders of the land. Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel to the kingdom of men and saying, the time, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. So first of all, you need to know, in order to make a commitment, you need to know what you're committing to. Also, what is the call of God? The call of God is simply the gospel. In 2 Thessalonians 2.14, whereunto he called us by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the gospel again? The gospel is preached in the early church and is clear, clearly and unmistakably the call to discipleship. How many of you have asked your mom and dad that you, uh, you want to go somewhere and they say, you can go to this person's home as long as you clean your room and you tidy up your mask? I've been asked that many times. So in order for you to go there, there was some stipulations on how you're, going to, how you're going to be able to achieve the freedom to travel or freedom to go to your friend's home for a sleepover or wherever. You had to perform something. You had to commit to your parents that you were going to follow through. What happened when you didn't do that? You don't get to go to the house. Yes, hand in the back. You didn't get to go to that house. Okay, right. So was that fair? That wasn't fair? That was fair. If you would have cleaned your room, they would have allowed you to go there. If you would have done what, you were, what your part of the commitment was, they would have followed through. It's simply the same with God. If you want to commit your life to God, you have to know what you're committing to. You need to know the gospel. What is the gospel? If you could say in a few words, if somebody you just met and didn't know what the gospel is, what is the gospel? Yes. A commitment? Okay. But what are you committing? What is the gospel? Can somebody help me out? It's the word of God. Specifically, who are we talking about when we're talking about the gospel? Yes, in the back. Jesus. Right. So we're talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. What is lordship? Does anybody know what lordship is? 
Lordship is somebody that you've surrendered yourself to. You've given them authority in your life. You've given them the ability to rule in your life. That's submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus was first and foremost king, and then he's our savior. If you remember, where was Jesus before he came to the earth? In heaven. What was he doing in heaven? Does anybody know? What was Jesus doing in heaven? He was with the Father, reigning with the Father. When Jesus came down to earth, what was his purpose on earth? To die for our sins. What else? Why did Jesus have to come? He died for our sins, and what else did he want to do? Sorry? To teach us. He wanted to build a relationship. He wanted us to be part of his family. When you're committing to the lordship of Jesus Christ, you're accepting him wholeheartedly into your heart. You're asking him to transform your heart. And that's all done through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. What is commitment? For the unconverted, all you need to know is that Jesus, that God declared Jesus as Lord. That's what commitment is. First and foremost, you need to acknowledge that fact, that Jesus is Lord. You need to make a decision. That decision cannot be made by your friends. That decision cannot be made from your parents on your behalf. When I was, when I was 15 years old and I got called, I got the call, it came at night. Why does... Things, why do things come at night that scare you? Why does that happen? Does anybody know? Or anybody can have experienced fearful things? It's in the dark. Anything else? Yes. Unexpected, yeah. It's unknown. You feel lonely, yes, in the back. Same, lonely. Right. So I was laying in my bed, and I was... Couldn't sleep. I was 15 years old. Had a lot of friends in the church. I didn't have too many friends in school. But I had a lot of friends in church. And all of a sudden, I get the call. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was so scared that if I would close my eyes, I'd take my last breath. I knew for certain I was going to hell. And I wasn't a big sinner. I didn't do, I didn't smoke drugs, do tobacco. I didn't do anything. I was a good, what you call a good kid. But I still had to realize that I was going to go to hell if I died. Because Jesus was not Lord in my life. So when, when you get the call, when you get that feeling at night that you're fearful that your next breath may not come and you may enter eternity unprepared. Remember, who do you declare as Lord of your life? What happens when you follow Christ? We see here some bullet points. You can have everything Christ has. What does Christ have? 
Everything. Okay. Let's, let's work on that. Let's, let's expand that. What does he have? Relationship with God. Yes. What else does he have? He has, a, he has power. Yeah. Power to do what? What does he have the power to do? What did he do on the cross? What did he defeat? He defeated uh, through resurrection. Right. Yes. So we have that same power. What else does he have? Fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. He also has a home in heaven. Eternal home. And that's where we're going to go if we commit ourselves to him. We can also reign with him forever. We don't have to worry that we're going to be in hell and damnation forever. But we're going to be reigning with Christ in heaven. And bonus is we have eternal life. Does everybody here believe that there's a hell? Can I see some hands? Everybody? Everybody believes there's a hell. How long is hell going to last? Forever. Do you know how long forever is? Eternity. I heard an, ex- I heard an example of how to explain hell, or eternity, sorry, is that you get a little bird, a little sparrow, goes to the ocean, by the ocean, and grabs a grain of sand, flies to the moon, puts the sand there, flies back, goes, grabs another grain, flies back, keeps doing that until all the sand is done on the earth. So that means that all the rocks have to be broken to sand. Everything has to be broken down to sand. And that's not even a moment in eternity. It's hard to imagine that once we commit our lives to Christ, that we're going to live with him forever, eternally living for him. We're not going to be eternally damned in hell. We're going to be living life eternally in heaven. Who doesn't want that? I think everybody does. Commitment is esteeming Jesus in his rightful place and submitting to his lordship and leadership. That's how you stay committed. Like at the beginning, I told you that I was married for 33 years. And I'll tell you my story of how God worked in my life. So I gave my life to the Lord at 15. I got baptized at 16. And I claimed the promise that says, God will provide all things for you. He'll take care of everything. So I asked God, I said, Lord, I'm 16 years of age. I don't want to think about who I'm going to marry. I'm going to leave that up to you. But when you're ready to tell me when I'm going to marry, you're going to tell me who it is, and I'm going to be faithful, and I'm going to follow that. So I went about my life, and I was 18 and 19, and I was working out in a gym. Believe it or not, I used to work out. (laughs) Now I just work out on my belly. But I was working out in a gym, and I had a really good hard workout. And I was sitting in a hot tub, relaxing. And there was a guy who was sitting across from me, didn't know him. And all of a sudden, he goes, are you okay? And I go, what's, what's wrong? He goes, you look like you're going to die. And I go, oh, no, I'm all right, I'm all right. But unknowns to him, the Spirit told me who I was going to marry. I was floored. I'm 19 years of old, 19 years of age, and the Spirit tells me, you've got to marry Svetlana Vukov. I don't even know this girl. She doesn't even go to the same church that I go to. 
She's still in the AC fellowship, but she was in a different church. I'm sweating. Okay, I'm sweating because I'm in a hot tub, but I'm sweating big time. Like, I'm like, and this guy's looking at me like I'm going to die. So I get out of the hot tub, and I'm shaking, and I'm like, okay. He's like, are you all right? Maybe I should get the paramedics here. No, I'm all right. Don't worry about it. So God tells me, you got to go ask her to marry you. I'm 19. (laughs) I'm like, man, that's that's, no way. Okay, Lord, I'm going to go do it. So I did. And she said, no. (sighs) I'm like, are you kidding me, Lord? I just went through this and poured my heart out to her. I was committed. I knew. She says, no, I'm crushed. She writes me this beautiful letter, letter, and she tells me that she's not ready for marriage yet. I said, that's no problem. I'll wait. So when you're ready, I'll wait. She goes, no, you can go ahead. If you're ready for marriage, go find another girl. I said, no, I'm going to wait. So I waited. And a year and a half later, I asked her again, and she said yes. <laughs> so I'm glad you're listening. My, my story and my testimony is not the way it's all going to work out for everybody. But when she said no to me the first time, I could have got really, really depressed and sad. And I could have walked away. I could have walked away from God. I could have walked away from my commitment to him. I could have said, well, Lord, you told me. I prayed to you. I gave my life to you at 15 years of age, baptized at 16. I told you that I'm going to serve you. And I'm going to, and then you, all you have to do is tell me who I'm going to marry, and I'm going to go and ask her. And I did, I followed through, but she said no. But I was committed to my calling. First and foremost, I was committed to my Savior. I always made him Lord of my life. I was not going to move and change that at all. When she said yes, I realized God still had to work in her heart. And he had to work in my heart. I had to become more mature. And I needed to grow. I needed that time to realize that this is something very serious. And that's the same with you all. I don't know how many of you are baptized and have given your life to the Lord. And I praise God for that. There are some here that I can see that have given their lives to the Lord. It's the same for you. You need to be committed to the calling that you have given. You've surrendered your heart to God. You've given him everything. You've given him lordship in your life. If you suffer like I did, or somebody, a plan doesn't work out the way you have, don't blame God. God's perfect. He knows all things. He still has to work on the other party, or he has to still work out the situation for school, or for whatever it is. Whatever you're planning in your life, it may be a no or maybe a wait. There may be some reason why. But that's a commitment. That's something that we need to cherish. He knows the direction of our life. If I want to be committed, I need to realize that I can't do it on my own. I need God's authority in my life. You need a new heart. And where do you find a new heart? You find your new heart on your knees. As I get older, I realize that my life, when we got married and we had started having our kids, we had our three 
first three were very close, or 15 months, 15 months, 17 months apart. I realized that, wow, this is tough. Then all of a sudden, teenage years started, and I had my oldest boy, and he was, he announced to us that he wants to be a skater. And he's moving to California when he's 18, and he's going to go live with his Aunt Mary, and he's going to be a professional skateboarder. And I'm like, well, that's, that's not what I was envisioning my son to be. I spent a lot of time on my knees, crying out to God. Remember, I made a commitment to God. I made a commitment to Christ. I committed our whole entire family to the Lord. And I want to just instill that in each one of you, that remember, you've been put here, you came to camp this year, to hear this form on commitment because God wants you to know that when you commit your life to him, he's going to give you the strength to follow through. How many of you have ever thought, if I commit to this, am I going to be faithful to follow through? Show of hands, if you've committed to something. Are you going to be faithful to do it? It's scary. Like when I got asked to do this form, I've never presented in front of teens. I've, I've never had the opportunity. And I was scared. I'm nervous. But God, if I commit my life to God, and he asks me to do something, he's going to fulfill it. And he's going to do it for me. And he's going to give me the strength to do it. He's going to give me the power. Because he's given me a new heart. And where did I get my new heart? How did I get my new heart? How did I get it? On your knees. Right. Remember that. Prayer. Prayer is our lifeline. Prayer will help you every step of the way. If you don't, if you don't know how to pray, ask. And who do you ask? Ask God. Or ask your parents. Teach me how to pray. What should I pray for? Did the disciples know how to pray? I see heads... They did, yes, but how did they... Would you remember the story? What did they ask? They asked Jesus to teach him to pray. And what did he give them? What prayer? We call it the, the Lord's Prayer. So now, Jesus, God incarnate, is here on this earth. His followers, who are committed to him, they left. What did they leave? What did his disciples leave? Do you remember what they left? They left everything. They left their jobs. Some of them left their families to be committed to Christ, to his, to his calling. They asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. He gives them the prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, and we all know how to finish it. Isn't that amazing how God is so loving that even when we don't even think that we know how to pray, we can ask him and he will teach us how to pray. Or he'll bring somebody alongside you to mentor you to how to pray. Don't be embarrassed. I was always, I was always embarrassed to pray. But then I forgot. I, uh, sorry, I remembered, which I forgot, that because I have a relationship and a commitment with Christ, who am I talking with? I'm talking with God. I'm talking through Jesus Christ to the Father. Because I've committed him. I put him as Lord over my life. I've given him free reign of my heart. 
And now all I'm doing is talking with him. So I'm just telling him everything that's on my heart. I'm explaining my hurts, my frustrations, my disappointments. I'm also explaining to him and telling him the desires of my heart. There's some, I guess the age group is 13 to 19 here. So that would be probably grade 8 to senior, high school, 12, before you go to college. How many of you know what you're going to do when you're done school? Well, there's a good, good amount of us, yeah. How did you come to know what, what you wanted to do? If you want to share, how did you, find, how did you figure it out? Okay, nobody's, I'll tell you. I was in high school, and I was working summer jobs to make money in a body shop, sanding cars. And I thought, well, Lord, you know what? If this is what you want me to do, this is what I'm going to do. Then I was, I was making $2.73 an hour, sanding cars. That's so, yeah. <laughs> so then, <laughs> and I was rich. <laughs> so I, I said, Lord, I'm, I don't think this is going to cut it for me. I did pretty good in school, so I decided that I'm going to start. I wanted to get a job in the hospital. And I wanted to, because I heard the hospital pays good. So I thought, okay, I'll go apply. Some of my sisters were working in the hospital, so I asked the Lord to open up an opportunity for me to get a job at the hospital. And he opened up the door. So I get a call that I'm, my application's been approved. Come in for the interview. I go there, get all dressed up. Take the bus. I didn't have a car. My dad didn't have my dad. I didn't have a car at home for me to drive. Get to the interview. Person doesn't show up. I'm sitting in this room. Again, I'm disappointed, let down. I'm like, what? I'm here for a job interview, and the person doesn't show up. So they say, oh, we're really sorry. The charge nurse got an emergency. So can you come back tomorrow? Okay. So I come back at 10 o'clock in the morning for my interview. I'm there again. Got all dressed up, took the bus, paid my quarter to get on the bus, went there. Lady shows up. I'm so sorry. She goes, do you know what this job entails? I said, no, but I think it's to help nurses. She goes, yeah, that's a good attitude. You got the job. I'm like, that's it? She goes, yeah, yeah, we just want you to help out the nurses. And she goes, I hope you can accept our pay. I'm like, okay, well. That can't be worse than making under three bucks an hour. She goes, I'm going to pay you $10.78 an hour. I almost, four, yes. Thank you. So the reason I'm sharing this, the reason I'm sharing this is because, remember, I committed my life to the Lord. I asked him to be Lord of my life. I asked him and I trusted him. And he, if, he would have, if I would have not got that job, and if I would have just been hurt that I didn't get that interview, that lady didn't show up for the interview, I could have walked away. But I would have walked away from an opportunity to work in the hospital and to make the $10.78 an hour. So then, I'm just going to, sorry, I'm going to try to speed it up here. Fast track, about three years later, I started in a nursing career. So I went back, and this is back in the eight, 1983, 84. I go to my 
I got into the program. I go to the class. There's 500 and something girls and eight guys. I'm like, that's like. So the first question the girls ask you, what do you think the girls would ask you? What would be the first question the girls would ask you? Are, well, yeah, but there's even one even before that. Are you single? Yes. <laughs> a couple of them asked me, are you, like, straight? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm a guy. I'm straight, yeah. I just work in the hospital, and I love working with patients, and I want to be a nurse. Because back then, there was not a lot of male nurses. Now, there's, thankfully, there's a lot of male nurses. So I got my job. I got into college, and I was committed Remember, I gave my life to the Lord. I was fully committed to him. Long comes all the nice working with all these 500 girls. Next thing you know, who's not, who's not sleeping around? Who's, not, who's prowling around? Who's, I'm committed to God. Who's the other one that's trying to? The devil, right? He doesn't want me to be committed. So he's going to tempt me. He's going to put opportunities to have relationships, to get involved with some girls. And I'm a believer, born-again Christian. And I forgot. I started to lose my focus on who my Lord is. And it took me down a path. Here comes another night where I was sitting at a restaurant with a bunch of guys from church. And the Lord told me, spoke to my heart, said, Mike, there's a why you're approaching. You can either go right or left or right. If you go to the left, you're leaving me and and your commitment. If you go to the right, you're going to be with me. Remember, I was making good money. I was making $10.78 an hour. Oh, and I was in nursing at the same time. I was building a career. A lot of opportunities. I was almost done my nursing career. And I had to make a decision. And I committed to God. And I quit my job at the hospital. I quit my career in nursing. I left it all. Because, thank God. Sorry. I look at you guys, and I know you're struggling with stuff. But once you make a commitment, you're going to remember that Jesus died for you. And that's what I forgot. I forgot that I committed to Christ to follow him. So I had to leave everything, go into a totally different field. I went into cabinet making construction. Didn't even know how to read a tape measure. Didn't even know inches. I was all metric in the hospital. I had to relearn everything. But God gave me back my life. Because why did God give me back my life? Can somebody answer that question? Exactly. And how much did he love me? A lot. But how much? Only that much? Only that much. That's not enough. He loved you so much that he went to the cross for your sin. 
He went to the cross for my sins that I was involved in. When I was a believer, he went to the cross for that sin. Remember, Christ died for sins past, present, and future. Does anybody have a question they want to ask me? So then, my life goes trucking along. I'm a cabinet maker now. And that's when the Lord opened up the door for me to marry Svetlana. So what did I do with those years that I wasted? What do you think I did with those years that were wasted? Anybody? Any idea? I lived in regret. I regretted, and still to this day, I regret. And it's because I knew how much Jesus loved me and how much I committed to him. And that's my story to this moment right now where I stand before you. That when God asks you to do something and you're fully committed to him, he's going to give you the power. But he's not going to force you to do anything or to get involved in anything. He's always going to give you. What does he give? Actually, I'm going to ask you, what does he give us? He gives us grace, but before that, what does he give us? What, what we have choice, free choice. You have a free choice to do whatever you want. Nobody's holding a gun to your head. Your parents are not sitting They cannot force you to give your life to the Lord. They can bring you to church. They can bring you to Eastern Camp. They can, bring, they can read the passages in the Bible with you. They can study. They can buy you devotionals. But you still need to do that. (laughs) I have a little video here I'm going to play for you. In life, we make commitments. These commitments usually come from a desire. A man and a woman. Sorry, can we turn that down? I'm going to go back. It's pretty loud. Okay? We'll try again. Okay. Sorry, now now it won't play. (laughs) Okay, one second here. I'm just going to exit my slideshow. Sorry. Just going to get back to that screen. Here, whoops. Here we go. In life, we make commitments. These commitments usually come from a desire. A man and a woman will make a commitment in marriage because they are in love with each other. An athlete will commit to training for the sport. A student will commit to studying because of the desire they have to learn and to succeed. The truth is we won't make a very solid commitment if there is no desire. Paul made a pretty bold commitment in Philippians. He said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. This means as long as he was on the earth, his life would be all about serving Christ. For him, the fact that he was alive and breathing meant he had work to do. As believers, we are called to make a commitment. Our commitment to serve isn't just about making sure a bunch of needs are met. It's about having a desire for Christ's kingdom. It's not a hobby or a side project. It is the evidence of the desire we have for Christ. 
This is our commitment to serve. So now the question, uh, the, the question that comes to our minds now is, what do I do to become a Christian? What do I need to do to become a Christian? First and foremost, you need to repent. What does repentance mean? To change our ways. Right. We need to be humble. We need to be genuine. Remember, God knows everything. You're not going to lie to God. You're not going to tell him anything that he doesn't know, but he still wants to hear it from you. He wants you to have a pure heart. He wants us to be poor in spirit. He wants us to be just, faithful, peacemakers, to love your enemies, and to forgive. These are all the characteristics and attributes of what it takes to become a Christian. Jeremiah 9.23, Jesus said, said, Thus saith the Lord, sorry, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glorieth in this, that he understandeth and knoweth that knoweth me and that I am Lord which exercises loving kindness judgment and righteousness in all the earth for the things I delight saith for in these things I delight saith the Lord in other words it's showing us how to be a different kind of person we don't need to know everything or to understand every biblical concept when you're becoming a Christian you just need to know that you have his word and who you're serving. What was the focus of Jesus' ministry? I thought this image was so profound. Jesus was constantly focused on the cross. That was his purpose. That was his commitment to the Father. Remember, when in heaven they asked, who will go? Jesus said, I will go. So he committed to the Father that he was going to go and fulfill everything. And believe you me, it was tough for the Lord leading up to Calgary, Calvary. He was struggling. He was man. But he knew what his focus was. He was going to please God. He was going to build relationships. And he was being like God in all his attributes. Relationships with the Father first will let you know who you are. When you have a relationship with God, you know where you stand. What you are, you know who you are. And how you must live. When you're living at home with your parents, you have an identity. What is that identity? 
Right. Simple. You're a child. You're either a son or daughter of a family. Can you get can you be kicked out of the family in terms of being totally kicked out of the family? Will you always be part of that family? Until your dying day. Whether they accept you or not, you're still part of that family. My son Samuel, I can't kick him out of my family. He's born into my family. I don't have a ch- I can say I don't want you at home anymore, but you're still part of my family. Doesn't that's not going to change. Even when I die, he's still going to be Mike Nechikov's son. That, that's fact. And that's with all of us. When we become a child of God and we commit our lives to him, and we, we are a child of God. You are a son and daughter. You're brothers with Christ. Remember that. Now we're going to move on. To what is conversion? Conversion, it means you're getting to know him. Who? Jesus Christ. It means that you have come to know Jesus. So you've come to know, you're getting to know him, you're coming, you know him now. It means that you have come into a relationship with him and you're under his training. He's your tutor. Christ is going to teach you all things. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to leave you. He's committed to you. He, remember, remember, he was focused on the cross. Why did he die on the cross? Because he loved us. He loved me. He loved you. He's not going to give up on you. Recognize what we owe to him. What do we owe? Our life. We owe our submission to him. We need to lay down our arms instead of warring against him. We need to surrender. We need to back off on claiming to, to rule our life and say, I have been bought with a price. Remember when my life was going down and I was 16 to 19, how I lost focus But Christ never walked away from me. He didn't leave me. He loved me. And the whole entire conversion process, I had to go back and repent to the Father and say, I'm sorry, I screwed up, I messed up. Please forgive me. And he did. He forgave me and he blessed me even more than I can ever imagine. And I'm I'm here standing before you telling you that when you give your life to the Lord and you convert... And you surrender to his will, you will be blessed. He will provide all things for you. And even better than you can ever imagine. And the best thing is, you get eternity. What do I do to respond to the call? Remember those nights where you're getting that feeling? It may have happened here at camp already where you went, you went and laid down your head and you're just in your own thoughts. And you're saying... What do I do? What do I do? Remember, repent. Pour out your heart to Christ, to God. Believe. Believe in him. Remember this parable? You remember how God, Jesus had that said, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, 
You could say to what object did he use in the Bible? What did he say? A mountain. When where did he say you could send the mountain? Into the sea. And it's going to listen to you. So now you could say that to your mountain. Lord, I got this. I got all my friends. I got all my school friends. I've got all these commitments. I belong to all these clubs. What are they going to say? To what are they going to say to me when I become a Christian? How are they going to treat me? You can say, Lord, take care of that mountain for me. He may say, you can still keep it, be in those clubs. But now you're going to be a witness and a light for me in those clubs. Or you might change your friends totally and drastically. Then he says, be baptized. Remember, we need to publicly declare that we've converted. We need to be baptized. You, you, some people say, well, I gave my life to the Lord, but I don't need to be baptized. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. Was he baptized? Was Jesus baptized? Yes. yes. So why... Can you say you're above him? I don't need to be baptized? No, we have to be baptized. We need to make a public declaration that I am a follower of Jesus Christ and that my sins are dead and buried with him. And I arise as a new creature. But how do I do that? Galatians 3.14 in the New Living Translation, which is a little easier to read. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles. That's us. We're the Gentiles. With the same blessings and promises to Adam, uh, to Abraham. As, as that, we who are believers might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. So now he's equipping us with the Holy Spirit. And he's giving us the power. To do all things. We recognize that Jesus is Lord. We heard the inward call of the Spirit. The outward call to, to live our lives. To, to be taught. Counting the cost of discipleship. We know that. We know that's going to cost us a lot. We need to repent. We need to believe. We need to be baptized. And we receive the Holy Spirit as our mark for eternity. This slide here, you make a choice in your life, it becomes a habit. Habit will sometimes define your character. Be careful with your choices. They're going to create habits. Habits are hard to break. So let's make it a good habit that you read the word, you spend time in prayer, you spend time with God's people at church, learning about him. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 through 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believe unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made. Unto salvation. 
John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Remember, prayer. Communicate with Christ. Communicate with God. To be, to be truly committed, I must be truly converted.